is an Odyssey original. This is KNX In-Depth. Good afternoon, I'm Brian Payne. I'm Charles Feldman, a winter weather nightmare for much of the country. Band of storms ripping through the plains, Midwest and South, headed now east. It hit hard in the north with snow and blizzard conditions. Down south, there have been uh, tornadoes that have killed at least two people, hurt at least a couple dozen others. The danger, far from over, we will go in-depth. The death of popular and well-liked DJ Stephen Boss, also known as Twitch, is raising questions about fame and its impact on mental health. And a new study looks into the deadliness of long covid If you're looking for a home loan or any other kind of loan, they're probably going to get a bit more expensive. The Federal Reserve raised a key interest rate again. We will go in-depth. And onions and the Grinch seem like a bad mix, maybe kind of a good mix when you think about it. And there's for speeding drivers in the Florida Keys. We'll explain the connection. We start, though, with uh, weather chaos across the country. With us is Susie Jones, reporter for WCCO Radio in Minneapolis. Susie, thanks for being with us. First, uh, what's the condition like where you are? Well, it's interesting because right now the Twin Cities, Minneapolis-St. Paul area proper, it's kind of just a gray day. There's no precipitation. And it's a strange storm. There are two systems that are moving through, as you heard. Duluth, which is about an hour and a half north of us, has more than a foot of snow. Grand Marais, which is a little sort of resort town, even further north, 17 inches by the time this is all said and done. But it's been in two waves. Sort of my worst case scenario as a Minnesotan lifelong started with rain and then snow. And then it's going to get super cold. That's always hard on everybody because then everything freezes up. Yeah, it's cold in Minnesota in December. What else is new? But, of course, this weather system, yeah, like you said, it's it can get pretty nasty. Really, a lot of places in the Midwest know about this. It's It starts with that rain, like you said, that it, that, that it freezes. You get not just the snow, but that, that icy mix, and it makes that driving just terrible. Horrible, and it's hard to treat at times, depending on what the temperature does. I know we talk about cold, but here in Minnesota, there are it's it can be cold, and then it can be frigid. So, for example, next week, we're going to have a high on one day of five degrees. That's five. And today is 30. And I will tell you, as a someone who's lived here her whole life, that's 30 is balmy. <laughs> that's short weather. Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, you know, here in, you know, in Southern California, if it gets much below 75, people take out their scarves because they start thinking it's kind of <laughs> cold. But, the, but the, first, the, the weather you're experiencing there, as you sort of mentioned at the top, uh, is part of a uh, sort of an unusual weather system that, that is really causing a considerable amount of problems across the entire country, whether it's uh, right. snow and ice and cold where you are or tornadoes when you go down south. Uh, in that sense, it's a bit unusual, isn't it? I would say so. And even our state, Minnesota, has had kind of a wide range of experiences depending on where you are. So if you look at a map, for example, Minneapolis-St. Paul, right in the urban center, we sort of got dodged a bullet. I think we might get five inches by Friday which is nowhere near. I mean, 17 inches in Grand Marais. And it's just, that's, ugh, there's no word for that. I mean. <laughs> ugh is a good word. <laughs> that's a good word. That's fine. <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of shoveling and it is December. And we just think, is this what we're in for all winter? 
But, you know, you live here. If you're going to complain, move somewhere else because this is it. Yeah, are the locals taking it in stride for the most part? Pretty much. But, you know, the television stations get so excited. Oh, I mean, they get banners up, Stormwatch 2022, (laughs) you know, and you think you should just hide in the basement until May. (laughs) But, you know, they get very excited about storms. And we, you know, of course we do, too. And we're talking to the state patrol about accidents. We're talking to the Minnesota Department of Transportation about salting and brine and all these various concoctions they come up with to clear the roads and every time everybody complains that they didn't do a good enough job does does Um, this does this storm have a a a name yet because you know it it used to be they only named hurricanes now they tend to name storms and i kind of feel that if a storm doesn't have a name i don't really know it (laughs) i don't know that we've named our winter storms in minnesota like you say i know about hurricanes but oh we should we should start doing it run out of names very quickly yeah, let's, right. let's start. We should call this one something. We we have a very famous Halloween blizzard of 1991 when everyone had their leaves out and they were doing, they had, you know, you get the pumpkin bags. Well, you don't because mm. yeah. in Minnesota with leaves in the fall, we put them in pump bags that look like pumpkins. Huh. And on Halloween night, it started snowing. It snowed almost two and a half feet. In 24 hours. So that's our Halloween blizzard. Let, let me story. let me ask something very quickly about airports, mm. because Minneapolis, of course, is a hub airport. And, and so a yeah. lot of people in L.A. that may be going elsewhere in the United States might be transitioning through uh, Minneapolis or sometimes it's Chicago, of course. Uh, do you know anything about the conditions at the airport itself? Right now, they're fine, because, as I mentioned, we seem to be this little secluded area in the state that isn't getting slammed like Duluth and and northern Minnesota and even southwestern Minnesota. So we're pretty good. But we obviously if it starts to snow fast and they can't stay ahead of plowing the runways, they will close certain runways. They'll even do a complete ground stop. But at this point, we're not seeing that kind of severity in the Twin Cities itself. I'm Susie Jones with WCCO Radio in Minneapolis. Susie, stay warm and, of course, stay safe on those roadways. Yes, we will. We appreciate it. I love Los Angeles. I have friends there, and I always appreciate coming and getting some sunshine from time to time. Can't wait to see you again. But but don't come now because it's cold here. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very chilly, what, what is it, uh, 60? Yeah, yeah, for here, that's freezing. So, you know. Thanks. Don't connect through MSP in the winter. Yeah, no, it's it's dangerous. Or Denver. Right, it's very dangerous, very dangerous. Coming up, another interest rate hike by the Fed is meant to slow down inflation, but will it have unintended consequences? And the Grinch is getting drivers to slow down in the Florida Keys. What's the Grinch doing in the Florida Keys? He's doing it with onions. Which is the more bizarre question. Yes. Why onions? That's the hook. Yes. So we'll find out. Right now, though, the uh, entertainment industry is in shock over the death of Stephen Boss, who also went by Twitch. He was best known as the friendly DJ on the Ellen DeGeneres show and a dancer who rose to fame on So You Think You Can Dance? TMZ is reporting he died by suicide. Boss was only 40. With us is Dr. Donna Marks, a psychotherapist, author, and addiction counselor. Doctor, thanks for being with us. Um, So, uh, of course, you don't know, and none of us really do, what uh, was going on inside his head. Uh, But many people, uh, especially during this time of year, holiday season, who outwardly may appear to their, their friends, family, and coworkers to be just fine, 
perhaps aren't, right? That's true. And during this time of year, suicide is at its highest. And 1.2 million people commit suicide every year. It's something we don't talk about enough. And sometimes the signs are very subtle. We don't know. Uh, the police report said he committed suicide. We don't know what the signs were. I read what his wife said. He was upbeat. Things seemed fine. But she did say he left the house suddenly without his car, which is weird. And sometimes people who are suicidal get very upbeat right before they do it because they feel like they finally have a solution to the pain that they're in. And the subtlety that you alluded to, uh, as far as science before they take their own lives, it makes it hard for all of their loved ones, everyone around them who think after the fact, what could I have done differently? Yes. And you're not trained as psychotherapist. So those little subtle signs like, you know, I think I'm going to give my watch to my best friend because he's been always wanting one like it and he can't afford it or something like you're going to be sorry when I'm gone and you don't really think anything about it. Uh, they sometimes go in and kiss their kids goodnight. Often they'll leave a note. I don't know if there's a note here. I hope so, because at least it gives some kind of closure to the family and the loved ones. Uh, yes, the whole world is in shock. It's not the first time this happens. And every time it does happen, it's a wake-up call for us to understand that people get in so much pain sometimes that they don't feel like they can go on. And I, I was suicidal when I was a teenager. I, I made an attempt. Fortunately, I did not succeed. I got beyond the pain. It took a while, but my whole life has purpose and meaning now, which I would have never been able to do or help other people had that succeeded at age 15. Well, I'm glad you're still with us. Um, what signs should family, maybe even friends, uh, look for? And And can you address for a minute also... There is a, a great reluctance, I think, on the part of people who might suspect that someone they know uh, is on the verge of suicide to bring it up because of a fear that by merely bringing it up, it's going to bring it about. But that's not true, is it? No. So some of the signs are that people get disengaged. They stop eating. They stay in bed a lot. They're not interested in things that normally they would love. Uh, like I said earlier, there could be a, a sudden burst of energy, like, you know, I'm so excited and they've been depressed, which is a, a, an abrupt change in behavior. Uh, that's because they are relieved that they have an answer to their pain, even though it's not an effective one and a very sad one. And people will suffer forever when someone commits suicide, those that love them. Um, but it's always good to to say something like, are, are are you thinking, uh, this is strange for you to say that. What do you mean? I'll be sorry. I would be very sorry. What do you mean? Or if you uh, pick up on clues to say, are you thinking about ending your life? Do you feel like you don't want to go on anymore? And uh, often a person will say something like, it just feels so hopeless. And maybe he was experiencing some of this after the show ended that he was on. And perhaps there was some other disappointments along the way. Again, we we need more facts before we can definitely declare that this was a suicide. But if it was, there would have been some subtle signs, like I said, even if it was an elevation in mood. So if someone says that they are feeling suicidal, tell them how much you love them. Tell them that would be devastating to you. Let's get help together. Let's figure this out. 
I want you to be here. I don't want to lose you. And sometimes families can do an intervention, a legal intervention. So so someone, it's not pleasant to be involuntarily committed, but it's better than a permanent. Yeah, I I, I was going to, because we're going to run out of time, but I was going to ask you that. I I mean, so suppose you confront somebody and you say, are you thinking of ending your life? And they say, no, 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 no. But you're pretty sure they're lying. What do you do? Well, you, you could make sure you stay with them, make sure they don't have a gun. Get rid of any weapons that they might do it with, any pills that they might uh, do it with, and try to stay with them. And if you see signs that, you know, courts aren't going to just involuntarily commit someone, you have to have evidence. So there has to be some kind of evidence. And in this case, it doesn't sound like there was much available, but you can make sure that there's no access to a gun and things like that that would really, you know... Men are the, the highest risk, particularly unemployed men. This is the, at, at this age, too, in the 40s and 50s. It, it's it's devastating for a man to feel like he's not a man and not productive. Dr. Donna Marks, a psychotherapist, author and addiction counselor. Doctor, thank you for joining us. If you or any of your loved ones are experiencing feelings of depression or hopelessness or having suicidal thoughts, you can get help immediately by calling 988. Coming up, another interest rate hike from the Federal Reserve could mean more pain if you're looking for a mortgage or another loan. And drivers in the Florida Keys are slowing down because they're being watched by the Grinch. We will talk to the Grinch. Wow. You're a mean one. Right now, though, a new CDC study finds long COVID was a factor in more than 3,500 deaths in the U.S. between January 2020, right around the start of the pandemic, and June of this year. And they say it's actually probably an undercount. With us to explain is Dr. Ziad Ali, Chief of Research and Development at the VA St. Louis Healthcare System. He's been studying the long-term effects of COVID. Doctor, thank you for joining us. So, first of all, how do you define long COVID if they've got it for X number of, of weeks or months? And then what sort of complicating factors would would cause people to die after they have that, after the most extreme, you would think, phase of COVID is over? Sure. Well, thank you for having me. So long COVID is really the constellation, is an umbrella term of the diseases or manifestations that can either linger on after the acute infection for more than 30 days or arise anew in people who had COVID-19. So what does that really mean? It means that if you had fatigue, if you had COVID-19, had fatigue, but that fatigue persisted for a long period of time, more than 30 days, that is long COVID. If you had brain fog, um, and then that persisted for, for some time beyond 30 days after the acute infection, that is long COVID. In some instances, actually, people are having heart attacks related to SARS-CoV-2 infection, related to COVID-19 or strokes. And those, in some instances, could also lead to higher risk of death. So long COVID is a serious condition. It's absolutely a serious condition. And it's not in people's head. It's a real and serious condition. And we now know it can be fatal. But, you know, here's where I guess it becomes difficult to diagnose is, uh, on the one hand, you said if somebody has symptoms that are ongoing uh, from their acute phase, well, that's pretty obvious. It's when there's a, a pause, right? And then something materializes perhaps months down the road when doctors have trouble figuring out, was this actually related to your COVID five months ago? Or was this just a separate event that just happened to happen because you once had COVID? This is brilliant. This is absolutely brilliant. You're absolutely correct. So it's very, very easy to make the connection when, when you know, the cause and effect are very close together in time, you know, things that are happening within a close, you know, period of time or, a, you know, very, very narrow period of time. 
but it's much much more difficult when it's really you know a month apart uh, you know um, so the, the science is evolving to help us make that connection but but at this time we, we really feel that people who had SARS-CoV-2 infection are at risk of higher risk of increase of of having cardiovascular disease neurologic disorders including strokes and several other sequela or conditions that puts them at a higher risk of death. So, 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 so certainly this is this is this is uh, you know, the fact that we cannot always recognize it, and this actually leads to the undercount in, in the study. We, the fact that we cannot always recognize it does not really mean it's actually not there. There has been some chatter online and elsewhere about people who seem to be fairly healthy in middle age just dying, dropping dead. They suffer some sort of complication like a heart attack, something else, and they're not that old and they're not that unhealthy. Do you think in some of these instances this could be a legacy of having had COVID because a large percentage of the population has had it? There's a chance that it could be possibly related to a past infection. Well, this is this is where we really see sort of a you know sort of a traces of in the data. This is not only anecdotal observations online, and you pointed to sort of online chatter. This is absolutely happening. You know, young people, you know, people in their thirties and forties, previously healthy, athletic, have never never had any medical condition prior to SARS-CoV-2 infection. They got COVID nineteen. You know, weeks later or months later, they all, all of a sudden they have a you know sudden death or sudden heart attack that put them in a hospital or or you know a massive stroke that some sometimes can end up actually you know ki- killing them. So so this is really happening and and we we don't fully understand it yet, but it, but it it is certainly clear that that some of it is actually linked to COVID nineteen. Okay, so let's say somebody is fully vaccinated, they've had COVID, uh, perhaps you know if they were younger they weren't given. Uh, uh, an antiviral like Paxlovid, uh, should they do anything or or is there, is there really nothing that they can do? You know, first of all, this holiday season, try to avoid reinfection. So if you've been infected before, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you're out of the woods. You know, getting reinfection can actually also put you at risk of serious problems in the acute phase and also in the long COVID phase. So try your best to reduce your risk of, of, of reinfection if you've been, been infected before. Now, if you haven't been infected before, definitely, you know, a, avoid being infected. And I know this is really easier said than done, but but that is really sort of should should remain the foundation of our, our public health advice. Now, if you got if you find yourself, you know, getting infected with SARS-CoV, you definitely seek medical care earlier than later, because you could qualify this time around for antivirals, including Paxlovid or other things. And and, and nipping it in the bud or, or doing or using those antivirals earlier than later in the people who qualify for them, it actually saves lives. Okay. That's Dr. Ziad Alali, Chief of R&D at the VA St. Louis Healthcare System. Doctor, thank you for joining us. Okay, uh, a little bit later, we're going to talk about uh, interest rates going up again, not as high as before, and we'll tell you why. And uh, we mentioned that we're going to... Did you ever talk to the Grinch? I've never talked to the Grinch. No. You're listening to KNX In-Depth, along with Brian Ping. I'm Charles Feldman. Even though inflation seems to be slowing down, it's not stopping the Federal Reserve from raising interest rates again. The Fed just announced a half-point increase earlier today. Now, that's smaller than the four straight three-quarter point increases we've seen recently. So what impact will this new rate increase have on the economy and the lives of all of us? Caleb Silver is editor-in-chief of Investopedia.com. Caleb, thanks for being with us. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Okay, so uh, that's my first question, uh, which I cleverly gave away already. (laughs) How is it going to affect us? 
Yeah, well, we're going to see higher interest rates into 2023. The Federal Reserve said it's not done raising interest rates even after today's half point hike because inflation is still sticky high. Keep in mind, the Federal Reserve, our central bank, wants inflation around 2%. Inflation, as of the latest reading, is at 7.1%. So there's a pretty big gap there, which means more interest rate hikes are needed to cool inflation down. How does that work? If you raise interest rates, it raises borrowing costs, which puts pressure on companies to spend money to hire workers, to expand, but it also puts pressure on consumers to spend because borrowing costs go up for new and used cars, the 30-year fixed mortgage on a a house, uh, credit card APRs, all those things rise as the Fed raises rates, which is what we're going to probably see through 2023, at least the first half. Another good thing to focus on here, uh, Caleb, is that inflation year over year for several months now has been uh, trending downward. So that's positive news to take into the new year. Absolutely. And we want that to happen because we've had inflation at a 40-year high, but we're still seeing very high inflation in food, the food component of this uh, consumer price index, and shelter. That's rental costs mostly. Why? Because as the 30-year fix for buying a home, that goes up above 6% as it did this year doubling. It pushes more people into the rental market. That's why rent prices are high in most major cities around the country. So you still have high food costs, high shelter costs, but you are seeing a, a nice reduction in energy prices. Gas prices now down around three bucks a barrel around the country on average. So you are seeing some moderating of that, just not quickly enough for the Federal Reserve because it knows inflation is extremely tough, especially for lower income folks. It wants to see that down near 2%. Now, of course, the, the dilemma for a lot of people is deciding when to buy something, right? Because you have to kind of look ahead and think, okay, inflation is not as bad as it was, but it's still galloping ahead. So do you buy stuff now? And in which, in which case, if a lot of people do that, it just drives everything up again, right? Or do you hold off and risk having to pay a lot more in a year for something you could have gotten for a lot cheaper now? How do you solve that? Yeah, you make a great point. So let's just take the housing market, for example, right? The housing market has been in a slowdown all year as the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates. Why? Because the 30-year fixed uh, mortgage rate has doubled from 3% to north of 6%. That's caused demand destruction in the housing market. Prices are now starting to crack around the country, too, for the first time in a very long time. Extrapolate that over to the new and used car market. Prices were very high and parts and cars were very hard to come by a year ago because of supply chain issues and the, the mortgage, the financing costs for buying a car also went up. That has created demand destruction there. So now car prices are coming down and car loan rates are starting to come down with it. So eventually, a lot of these components that we look at in the economy, whether we're thinking about a big ticket purchase like a car or if we're thinking about a discretionary purchase like a vacation, prices will come down as long as demand comes down with it. As long as this rate hike has the desired effect, is this where the Fed should declare mission accomplished and say, OK, we're done with these hikes? Not at all. And they didn't do that today, which is why the stock market uh, went completely red after Fed Chair Powell gave his press conference, because he said, we're not done raising rates. And in fact, the Federal Open Market Committee, which sets interest rates or the Fed funds rate, they've pushed their projections for where they think interest rates should be next year, about a percentage point higher than they were at the last meeting. So that just tells us that they're going to keep raising rates until we get to about 5.5% at the terminal rate. That's the rate that the Fed will stop raising rates. And they think that number should be mission accomplished because they think that will bring inflation down probably to 3% by the end of the year and then 2.5% in 2024. But let me ask you, Caleb, should they do that? Do they have to? 
Yeah, they they don't have to, but they understand that inflation is the worser of the evils when it comes to either higher interest rates or inflation. They will take higher interest rates because those have a desired effect on cooling down the economy. And what it might do is push the U.S. economy into a recession in 2023. The unemployment rate is likely to to go up. The Fed acknowledged that today. They're afraid of higher wages because wages have been going up all year, not enough to keep up with inflation. But this is the effect they want. You got to bring inflation down because it hits people with with lower income comes the hardest, and they don't like to see that type of impairment in the economy. Of course, you mentioned just now the the scary R word, recession, and we've talked about this uh, many times in this program in particular, that the Fed doesn't have, historically, a very good track record of getting it right. Uh, you know, they're trying to walk this tightrope uh, rope of having a so-called soft landing and not have a recession, yet bring inflation down to acceptable levels. But in your view, what are the odds that they will accomplish this without having the R word? Yeah, we're going to have a recession one way or the other. The question is, for how long and how deep will it be? And the consensus is that we'll probably have one, but it probably won't be that long or deep because the economy is going into this recession in much better shape than it was back in 2008 and back in 2002. What you don't want to see is what we call stagflation, where prices do come down, but we have this period of super low growth and very high unemployment. That's a scenario that's not good for the economy, for households, or for investors. So it's going to be tough to tough to engineer a soft landing. And you're right, they rarely get it right. Why? Because they're looking at rearview mirror data, like the jobs report, like consumer price inflation. They can't forecast the future. They can just hope that what they do today with monetary policy and interest rates affects the future in a positive way, and that's bringing inflation down and keeping the unemployment rate relatively low. Caleb Silver, Editor-in-Chief of Investopedia.com. Caleb, thanks. When you uh, see the Grinch out and about, you know it's not good, and it's definitely not good if you're racing by a school zone in the Florida Keys. That's because the Grinch is watching drivers down there. Monroe County Sheriff's Office uh, Colonel Luke Caputo dresses up as the Grinch to try to get drivers to take it easy. He even offers them a Grinch-like gift, an onion. Better than a ticket, I guess. Colonel Caputo is with us now. He was out today as the Grinch. So, uh, Colonel or uh, Mr. Grinch or Colonel Grinch, what should I call you? Uh, where did the idea for this come from? Because, I mean, yeah, who doesn't like to see uh, the, the the big green fella in the in the Santa hat uh, come at him? Like, okay, maybe this adds a little bit of a uh, little bit of levity to the situation. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. You hit the nail on the head with that because many years ago I got to thinking of what a great idea would be. I was on patrol, and I'm thinking what a great idea would be fun in the holiday season to dress up as the Grinch and go into a school zone. And the original concept really was uh, to help kids cross the school zone. Uh, You know, just lights blink. We're all familiar with them. They blink. And I was going to help the kids across across the road. Well, I didn't realize that the initial response of the kids running the other way when they saw the kid when the Grinch was trying to help him, so I had to come up with a, a better plan. So the the better plan was instead of helping kids across the highway, I would uh, do traffic stops or have some guys help me and, and conduct traffic stops in the school zones and, and be able to issue them the option, which is, of course, uh, an onion or a citation. And, yeah, as you would believe, most people would have to think about it and then say, what's the catch? And uh, uh, I, the most of them take the onion. So do they eat the onion? I've had some people uh, think about it and will bite right into the onion with the 
with the skin and all, and it's kind of comical. And I don't ask them to take a bite, but what's funny is, like, uh, I've had the expression, what the heck do I do with this onion? I, so you've chosen the onion. Uh, it's your option, what you're doing. I've had them literally just start biting into the onion. Well, uh, how and, how uh, much? I'm curious, though, how much is the citation if they choose that? Uh, depending on the actual speed. Now, where we work it is if you're under five miles an hour in the school zone, because it's a pretty serious offense. So we try to keep levity in this. And so when you're going, but you're speeding, we'll pull you over. But if it's serious, uh, it's 400 to uh, up to $1,000 if you're going really fast. Our, our fines down here are, are, are pretty high in the school zones. I'm guessing the Grinch doesn't show up for that because, like you said, it's serious and no, thinking no, really we, fast. We, yeah. Don't, don't, no, don't, don't right. for a second think you can speed through a school zone in the keys. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll have something to saute tonight with my uh, stir fry. <laughs> no, no, no. We, uh, we, we have a fine line how we do it. And, and the guys I pick every year are experienced officers. And so we do it and we have a lot of fun with it. And we think our community gets a lot out of it too because people will drive through the school zone just to see the Grinch and people will come out the buildings uh and and want to and take pictures with them yeah i, I mean i was going to ask do you do you ever think that i don't know maybe there are some people there who may deliberately go just a tiny bit faster just so they can see you and maybe to brian's point get that free onion that they can use for dinner well you know in today's world you know people it's funny when we give them the onions they say they'll take it home and throw it in the pot so uh, it's uh, nobody throws them out, and uh, I've done parades where I throw the onions out in the parades, and the kids will get them and wing them back at the Grinch, and so it's quite comical. But uh, in the in the school zones, uh, it's kind of funny. They they'll take them, and I I use it. I tell them they can use it for deodorant. You know, women are attracted to that strong onion smell, and <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> of course, you know that. And uh, so I I do that, and a lot of times I'll poke holes in the onions days before, so they got a good smell. So you're going to use an air freshener in your car. So it's not just a, <laughs> you've got this well, a regular onion. You've got this really thought out, don't you? <laughs> yeah, the, the, well, the, I enjoy it, and I think <laughs> you know what I really actually think the violators uh, feel relieved that they're not getting a citation, and I think uh, in, in the spirit of the season. Uh, they appreciate a little bit of fun uh, at at an encounter with a police officer. Have you kept track of how many onions you've given out? I have given out, I'd say, thousands of these onions, and not in the school zones because I do. I go to the hospitals, and you know it's fun to wrap the onions up, and you think you're getting a gift, and then you know, of course you're getting an onion. But I've given out thousands over the years, and. Uh, uh, there's so much joy. I was at a small preschool today, and the kids just love getting their onions. They know he's coming, and so they prep the kids for it. And when they, they want their onions, they demand. In fact, what's funny is the kids will want a bigger onion. If I give them a small one, they want a bigger onion. So it's quite comical. Did you did you ever have a situation uh, where maybe you were home and making dinner for yourself and looked in the cupboard and said, geez, I'm out of onions. <laughs> My wife has done that because she's had to buy all the onions and <laughs> she's happy when the onion season is over. It's, uh, she's the one who actually made my costume for me. Ah. And so what gives it the uniqueness of most Grinch, some of them look very scary. Mine, we've mellowed it out a little bit over years and she's made the costume with the big fur and the big hands and the big feet. So when you approach this particular Grinch, he, he looks a little friendlier than a lot of other Grinches that you see today.
are they red onions or white onions or do, does it oh matter? whatever you know is like it a good I quality yeah. I, oh yes oh yeah i get listen i i don't i i cut no spare no expense here i uh i got some good onions see you may you might walk out with a nice red onion or a good sweet onion uh the yellow the yellow onions which i can buy fairly reasonable cheap in the stores with big bags of them but sometimes they're hard to get, so I buy whatever I can because I've got to have the onions. The grain's got to be able to give them out. So, so what's next for you? Another type of produce, or or what? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if you can. I, if I was going to do something different, it'd probably be garlic. Garlic. Because I really that's think close. People, oh yeah. oh yeah. my God! Don't think about it. Uh, the, the the aroma of a good garlic. Oh my God! That that's just drives you crazy. And you know the best thing about this. Yeah, the fun thing is when you get a really stinky, strong smelling onion, and you put it in a car, uh-huh. and they put it between them. You can see the wife looked at him like, "Oh my god, we got to throw this thing out as soon as we can." <laughs> this thing is crazy. <laughs> okay, that is Monroe uh, County Sheriff's Office Colonel uh, Lou Caputo, <laughs> aka the Grinch, uh, joining us from Florida. Thank you so much, Colonel. Yes, yeah, so well, thank you for having me. Yeah. You guys have a happy holiday season. Happy you, holidays you, to you, you too, as well. I bet he makes a good French onion soup. Probably anyone who yeah. happens to be, if you're driving in uh, his area in the Florida Keys, uh, if you go just a little bit, don't, I'm not encouraging you to go fast, but if you go a little bit fast, you may end up meeting the Grinch and get yourself a free onion. He sounded passionate about his onions. He does. Yeah. yeah, and there's a Mrs. Grinch, it turns out. His wife buys the onions. Well, you got to have the onions have so, to come from somewhere. Yeah, but it's he doesn't team. buy them, you know, so yeah. it's like a, okay, you know, yeah. division of labor. <laughs> this has been KNX In Depth. We'll be back tomorrow.